host, Julie Van Warmer, and this is a podcast of the Women of the Word Ministry of Christ the Word Church. I am so glad you're joining us today. Hey, if this is your first time listening, welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad you're here. We are in season three, and this is episode four. And you actually could go back to season one and take a few days to binge. This would be a good thing to binge on if you wanted to listen to some really good discussion and conversations about topics that focus on God and the Bible and how we should respond to our situations um, unshaken because God is always faithful and always with us and always ready to lead us through whatever he has put in front of us. Well, listen, our main focus this season is all about relationships. Last week, you heard actually the second in a two-part series given by Wendy Folk, and it was entitled Astonishing Friendships. And so this is a really great segue into today's podcast because today we're going to talk about relationships of a sort. We are going to talk about specifically difficult and challenging people. But before we jump into that, I want to remind you to head over to your favorite podcast directory and subscribe to the Unshaken podcast, as well as join our Facebook page, Unshaken Podcast. It really helps us out, and it also helps you because you get a notification of any new episode and other events that are happening connected to our pages. So um, it's really a good thing for both of us. It's a win-win. Okay, let's jump right into our discussion about challenging people. Now, of course, since I'm going to be talking about challenging people, I had to invite someone on um, today to talk about this. I want to introduce to you my friend Andrea Van Ingen, and I want to tell you right up front that she is not a challenging person, okay? I didn't invite her on because I have difficulty with her. She's actually super sweet. She loves God and her family well, but she does understand difficult people. And some of the circumstances that we deal with, um, I actually decided to have her join me so we could talk through some of them, how you and I can respond in a way that honors God. So welcome, Andrea. I am so glad you're here with us today. Yes. Thank you, Julie, for asking me to be part of this. And thanks for your great work with this podcast. It's been a real blessing. It's super fun. I enjoy (laughs) it. All right. So um, tell me a little bit about your family. Yeah. Well, my husband, Andrew, and I met in college, and we've been married for 16 years now. And we have five kids um, from the ages of nine down to about 20 months. Oh, so it's pretty busy at your house. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I'd say so. <laughs> yes, very busy. Um, but yeah, so as a family, we um, are pretty involved in our church. We enjoy books and board games and music and enjoy being outside. So That's awesome. I would love to keep... join you. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be one of your daughters for a few hours, okay? <laughs> okay, so let's jump into today's episode topic. I decided today to divide it into three different sections. So we're actually going to talk about three different types of difficult people. Um, And more than likely, you have experienced these people in your life. So maybe it's someone who has some sort of sin that they've committed, and that's kind of what's going on in their life. Or maybe it's a person who is struggling with a crisis, or it could even be someone who's brand new. These are all different types of difficult people. Um, And what we really need is to figure out how that we can respond to them and deal with them because I'm afraid we're never going to get rid of difficult people. (laughs) Would be awesome, wouldn't it, Andrea, if we could just get rid of them? (laughs) But it doesn't work. So now I'm not excited when I see these kind of people come into my life. Um, We all have to admit that we have them. And we probably all need to admit that we've actually been this person at different points to someone. Um, I remember distinctly a difficult friend, and I put air quotes around the word friend because I don't think she was my friend. Um, She always had to one-up me on everything we did in college. Um, It was really challenging, and as a believer in college, I had to choose how I was going to respond to her. 
And I'm not saying that I responded perfectly every time. Uh, there was a lot of irritation on my end. So I'm sure that if I've been there, you have been there too. So let's start with a few questions um, to you, Andrea, to get us thinking about these kind of people. Um, and before we start, anytime we talk on this podcast, we always have to go back to the first and most important question, which is, what does the Bible say? Mm-hmm. So Andrea, lead us to some scripture that would help us understand difficult people and how God calls us to respond to them. Maybe even some examples from the Bible. Sure. Well, I mean, kind of like you said, I think an important thing to remember as we deal with the difficult people in our lives, you know, either as an, on an ongoing basis or just those that we run into here and there is that we can be tempted to have the same behavior mm-hmm. as the one who is grumbling or argumentative or just annoying. <laughs> um, so while that hopefully is never what characterizes the life of a Christian, um, we certainly are all capable of sinning against another in this way. Yeah. So a spirit of humility, I think, goes a long way in our attitude as we do deal with difficult people. Yeah, that's a really, really good point. Um, now, when I think of difficult people in the Bible, I immediately think of the Israelites when they were being led by Moses. <laughs> yeah, that was more than one. That was more than one difficult person. That was a bunch. Right, yes. They were um, big complainers. Um, you know, they grumbled about their circumstances, their food, their leader. But Moses didn't abandon them. Even mm. when he was frustrated with them, he talked to the Lord about them. Mm. He prayed for them and he fasted for them. And that reminds me of 1 Peter 4, 8, which says, Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Mm. The Lord was ready to wipe them out for their sin, but Moses' love for them covered that because he loved them. That's a really, really good illustration of that. That's amazing. I feel like sometimes I'm probably like the Israelites. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, not yeah, you, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. I am too. (laughs) I, in general, all of us. Yes. Yes. Um, But we can see how the love and taking them to the Lord um, covers that sin. Yes. So I think also it's helpful to see how Jesus responded to difficult people. Mm. Um, You know, we know that he endured slander and insult and injury, but he continued to love the people he was with and continued to speak truth to them. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, rather than taking offense or returning evil for evil, he forgave them. And I think it's really easy to want to try to um, just do away with people when sure. they are treating us this way. And, and that's what the world tells us to do. Yeah. Like you can just get rid of this person out of your life. Yes. You never have to deal with them. But yeah. that's not what Jesus did. But that did. is not what Jesus did. And um, so some specific scripture that we can look to um, regarding that is in Luke 6, we are told to love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. Hmm. And Romans 12 says, never repay evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all people. If possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all people. Mm. And I think, you know, I think it's going to be the rare occasion where people are really um, turning into our enemies. Sure. But certainly we have the opportunity to be at peace with all people in all circumstances. And so that is up to us as believers to take that on and yeah. do that. And sometimes I hear people say that, that the Bible is confusing or difficult, but those verses you just shared are really pretty straight up. Yeah. So it's, they're not easy. I'm not saying it's easy right. to follow them, but with the Holy Spirit's help, we will be able to do this. Mm-hmm. 
and I think that's good to remember. Okay, so now I'm gonna give you some scenarios of some difficult people that I've actually had in my life. Okay, I'm not gonna name names, okay? Um, and actually these are blended, like multiple people all into one story, sure. okay? okay? So let's find out how you think would give us some examples of how you might respond to these people um, and how you might um, figure out what to do. Okay, here's number one. So the first person I'm gonna bring out to you is a person who is a know-it-all, okay? They easily share their opinion, which of course is always right, and it's actually more like a fact than opinion, right? Mm -hmm. And they always know more than you do. Tell me what would you think would be the best course of response for this kind of a person? Have you ever had anybody like this? Mm-hmm, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I think that when we do have this kind of person, um, it's easy to dismiss all that they say. Yeah. Um, you know, it's easier to smile and nod and to really not actually listen to them because you know that you're just never going to maybe win them over. So you just, you know, try to get through it. Yes. <laughs> but that's not really an, a loving approach. Um, so while it might seem counterproductive to actually give them opportunity to continue, to continue um, giving their opinion, I have found it helpful to ask questions. So if they think they have all the answers, ask deeper questions. Hmm. Um, you know, maybe there is something that we can learn, but it does take work to weed through what they're insisting on and what might actually be good stuff that we can mm. learn from. Um, so I think that's actually a good point. Um, that transcends all relationships, um, easy or difficult, and that is humility. Mm. Um, it takes a humble heart to put aside the annoyance that you feel with this person and actually engage them and, mm. and want to continue talking. Um, that's a but, really, that's a really good thing to think about in marriage. That's yeah. what you do is you, you're called to lay down your life for yeah. the other person and give up. Yeah. And that's what you're saying here. Give up your rights in regard to the other person's, the other the difficult person. Right. Cause I think, um, yeah, if somebody's insisting that they're right all the time, like your pride's going to take a hit when you're thinking, well, yeah, you know, I have to just sit here and Right. And have you be the, the one that's right. Yes. Um, but yeah, we are to lay down our lives for another. And if we love this person and have a humble heart, then, you know, that helps to actually take a genuine interest mm -hmm. and care in them um, in a way that seeks to understand what they're saying and, and to find some common ground. And I think when I've done that, I've actually found out that you like kind of, kind of like remove a layer mm -hmm. from the person. If you actually show an interest in them, I think it helps yeah. them to become more real often. And sometimes there's some pretty deep hidden hurts sure. somewhere in right. there. Yeah. I'm not justifying their actions. I'm just saying sometimes we can understand them better. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, they might be used to acting like this with other people and um, not being, like just being used to the one always talking. Yes. And if somebody's actually trying to engage them and, you know, it might soften them a bit. Yes. Um, so, I mean, I guess kind of along with that, I was thinking... You know, it, it helps um, to lead the conversation and like you be the one to, to lead it and, and guide sure. it away from an area that might be causing some unnecessary tension. Second um, Timothy chapter two offers some great insight here. It says, have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. You know that they breed quarrels and the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. So that's in Second Timothy chapter two, and I think mm -hmm. that helps 
kind of give us an idea of how to deal yeah, with them. I think that's really helpful because a lot of times opinions end up becoming a debate back and mm-hmm. forth and that can cause so much tension. So just avoid some of that right. debates, right? And just, I love this idea to just humble yourself and reach out, getting to know the person more. Yeah. That's a great way. Okay. Here's the second one. Are you ready? Okay. You did good on that one, by the way. Okay. Here's the second person that can be really difficult. This is a person who we're just going to call them like a Debbie Downer. Okay. <laughs> everything in their heart, in their life, everything in their life is hard. And it's made more difficult because they are always negative, right? Um, every, every, even when you bring up something positive that's good in their life, they actually see the negative, right? Mm-hmm. So what's a good way for us to deal with this kind of person? Well, I must admit, this is probably the hardest person for me to I deal agree. with. Um, because especially if it's a sister in Christ and we are called mm. to give thanks in all things. Yeah. Um, I think it's important to point this kind of person to thankfulness. Hmm. There's always a but to point out in the midst of a grumble, right? Um, and I think it's tempting to try and move away from the topic that's causing the grumble to just avoid it, you know, and sure. okay, let's move on and talk to some about something else. But a good friend will point a sister to truth hmm. and the truth is there is literally always something to be thankful for. Absolutely. Um, there's always a silver lining. And it does take work on our part, though, um, to not get sucked into the same mindset right. and kind of go along with the grumbling. Um, but I think of it as like with my kids, you know, I need to be the one to set the tone. If they're having a grumbly attitude, mm-hmm. I can't start grumbling about their grumbly attitude. Right. Um, and so that's why I think it's kind of <laughs> tempting to want to avoid this Yes, type person. of person, um, because it takes work for us to maintain a godly attitude within the interaction, but it can be done. Um, I have found it helpful to pray ahead of time, especially if you know you're going to be seeing this person. Yes, that's a very good piece of advice for any any difficult person mm-hmm. to pray. For sure, yeah. Um, Maybe more with this person though. <laughs> well, it probably depends on yeah how you typically deal with the different kinds of people, but. Um, I mean, you could even pray like as you see them approaching you, you sure. know, like yeah. <laughs> offer a quick prayer for God's wisdom. Um, you know, I know somebody who is chronically pointing out the negative like this. And so what I found helpful is when I talk to her, um, I try to say something like, so tell me something you've seen God do this week. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a way to encourage her to look for God in the midst of what she considers a really hard week. And sure, you know, there definitely are hard Mm-hmm. seasons, something that maybe it really does take a lot of work for a person to find something positive, but there is always something that God is doing and, um, we need each other to help point that out. Yeah. That's actually being a good friend. Yeah. is helping them see that. Right. And all questions beg to be answered rather than telling her what you see is a good thing mm-hmm. in her life. It's good to make her figure it out right. by asking the question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and as Christians, you know, we are to set our minds on things above and to give thanks in all things. But we're all a work in progress. Definitely. <laughs> and so this is a real sin issue for many. Um, but also as Christians, we are to spur one another on toward love and good deeds. So I think gently leading a sister toward setting her mind on things above is a really good way to help her grow yes. in this practice. Yeah, and really that will then benefit that I mean, anytime I'm in a conversation with someone where we're beginning to talk about the good things God's doing, mm-hmm. it actually then blesses me back. Oh yeah. Because sure. although someone else might be talking about what God's been doing in their life, even if it's one little thing, it 
makes me work on it too. Mm-hmm. And I love that. That's great. Yeah. Okay. You ready for the next one? <laughs> Sure. Okay, so this is a person that has been pretty offensive to you in some way. Um, Maybe they've just been honestly straight up hurtful with their words. Maybe they've gossiped behind your back and you found out. (laughs) Or spoke really um, in an angry way or or difficult way to your face. Uh, The world actually tells us some very important things they think we should do. They think we should run from this person, like get away from this type of person. You don't need them in your life, you know? Mm -hmm. But I think the Bible tells us to go about this in a different way. We need to have a different response. So what do you think about this person? Yes, well, I think this this type of situation really requires personal and specific forgiveness, Mm. even when it's not asked for, because often it, it might not be. No. Um, but you know, Jesus died for us when we were not seeking forgiveness. And I agree with you that the world tells us to run away from these type of people. You know, the, the phrase toxic people, like remove all the toxic people from your life. That's kind of the, the mantra. Yes. Um, but the only way to move forward in fellowship is to forgive. And this is an aspect of actually seeking out this particular person which is, yeah, against what the world would, would think yeah. um, to actually seek them out. But when I've been in this situation, um, instead of forgiving and then avoiding the person, I have found it's important to actually seek after her to offer that chance for her to respond in mm-hmm. love. You know, when we are out of fellowship with the Lord because of sin, it is his kindness that leads mm. to repentance. Amen. The Bible tells us this in Romans 2, verse 4. And this isn't to satisfy our desire to prove our rightness and her wrongness, but to offer restoration and allow for a chance for the Lord to work in her heart and mm-hmm. in the relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, again, back to humility. It takes humility on our part to lead in this with a sincere heart. Um, but if we are honest, you know, we can see that in some relationship, we have been the one to be yes. offensive or hurtful, either knowingly or unknowingly. And so when we think about how we would want the person that we've wronged to deal with us, that helps us, you know, in in dealing with another. But, you know, that's a really good point because it is important that we remember that we also have gone off and offended others. And in in fact, we've offended God. And so because of God's great love for us, he sent his son Mm -hmm. to die and to forgive us of all of our sins. We're we're memorizing Psalm 103 this year at church, which has been a great blessing to me. And in it, it says he takes our sin as far as east is Mm -hmm. from west, which is pretty crazy. And I love geography. So I (laughs) I tried to figure that out, but that it's basically, he takes it away. (laughs) Praise God. So, (laughs) right. Yeah, I definitely agree. And in each of these cases that we've talked about, you know, we must choose to love in a way that Mm -hmm. requires laying down our life. Yeah. We've kind of already uh, talked about that, but where we find that is in John 15 verse 13. And that says, greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. Mm. Um, so, you know, we must lay down our preferences, our expectations, and our pride. Mm. And also, I think it's important to pray for the difficult people in our lives because that will give us a softer heart towards them. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, I actually felt like this topic of forgiveness was such an important one that as I was preparing for this particular season, I decided we needed an entire episode <laughs> on this topic, yeah. maybe more than one, but we're doing one this this upcoming season. So episode 10 is focused just on forgiveness because I think that is really an important part of relationships, whether they're difficult 
people in our lives, or maybe they're just our husband or one of our kids or our neighbor that we run into. And I think it's important for us to talk through that. So be sure you stay tuned for all the way to episode 10. Remember, this is episode four, so we've got a ways to go. Um, And I know it will be really helpful to you. Okay, so you know what, Andrea, intertwined in all the things that you said was a lot of practical advice, and I thought it would be good to stop here and just remember a couple of things. You talked about, um, over and over you talked about humility, laying down your, pre- your preferences and your desires, and that is really hard. I'm not going to say it's easy, but it's a really important thing to remember when we're dealing with other people. Mm-hmm. I also heard you say over and over, we need to pray, and that's a really another really practical thing. In fact... That's one you can do both defensively and offensively, right? Like, you know you're going to see someone, you know you're going to go to coffee with someone you really don't think is going to be a great conversation, then you can pray before you go, right? That's offensive. And then in the middle of a conversation that you might be having, you might have to defensively pray. Mm -hmm. And I I mean, just, it should just be all the time, right? It's it's an important thing. And then you also talked about there is a time to speak truth to women and, um, in uh, loaded with a lot of love and kindness. Yeah. And I, I think those are really things that are really good to apply in our lives and really good, especially when we're dealing with challenging people. Okay, let's head in a different direction. I said we had three different types of people, so I'm going to talk to you about our second type of person um, that I have. And this is a person um, that actually, Andrea, you know a lot about because this is a person who's new a new person to the area, someone who either moved into your cul-de-sac or um, the new kid's mom at your, your, you know, mm-hmm. your student's class, your child's mm-hmm. class, or maybe it's a new woman in Bible study. You know, I mean, there's a lot of new women in your cubicle at work. I think it'd be fun to have a cubicle, by the way, but I've never worked in a cubicle. Have you? I have. Okay. I've was also it, had an office. Oh, was it fun to work in a cubicle? Yeah, it, honestly, it is more fun because you can talk more. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Although I would take lunchtime naps when okay. I had an office. <laughs> okay, right, because no one knew. I love it. Okay, so um, tell us a little bit about your move here to the big city of Toledo, Ohio, and uh, did you love it? Were you excited? Well, um, yes and no. <laughs> okay. Uh, honest answers are good. Yeah. Well, so yeah, it was just about over 10 years ago that, um, that is amazing. 10 years ago. It feels like it was two days ago. I know to be honest. Okay. I know 10 flies. Yes. Um, yeah, we moved here because my husband was taking a new job. And so we, we knew that a move would be taking place. We just weren't sure exactly where, um, but I wasn't excited about it being Toledo when we found that out. <laughs> oh, no. um, I didn't really know anything about Toledo other than it was in Ohio. And I grew up in Michigan. So okay. you know, Ohio kind of had a black mark in my mind. <laughs> Dear. Um, but as we prepared for the move, see, this is where, yes and no. I mean, I, yeah. I did become excited. Um, as we prepared for the move, I saw how God provided in very specific ways. Mm. And so then I began to actually look forward to the move um, because then, I, you know, I knew he was in control of it and he mm. was, he would provide exactly yeah. what we needed because I had seen him do that. Um, our main concern when we moved was finding a good church that would provide friends for us. And I knew I wanted to know people and quickly get plugged in and mm. I didn't have a job right away. So that was helpful because it allowed me more freedom to um, kind of be out and about and meet up with yes, people. Yes, absolutely. I love that that was one of your things you wanted to do. One of your main focuses was to find a church. Mm-hmm. That's just a really practical thing when you get to a new city or move across the country for some reason to find 
a good church right. that can begin those relationships because that's yeah. that's good for your if you have children. You didn't at this point have kids. We did not. No. But it, it's good if you're moving with your family to have yeah. a place where your kids can kind of put down their feet and settle. So for sure. that's good. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about what happens when someone is moving into a new circumstance. Now, this could be somebody moving across the country like you did, or it could just be somebody moving across town, right? Mm-hmm. Or right. just joining your, you know, um, maybe they're just coming to church for the first time. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of new types of people in our lives. Mm-hmm. So what are some things that a new person should be remembering in that circumstance? Well, I think it's important to look for ways to get plugged in. Um, when we moved here, I immediately called um, the leader of one of the women's Bible studies that was meeting in the evening because okay. I knew that I was looking for a job. So yeah. I, you know, I was hoping to get one, and I knew that I wanted to be in a Bible study. So I tried to organize it around that. Perfect. Um, you know, we joined a small group, a fabulous one <laughs> <laughs> that that you and your family hosted. Um, and I basically said yes to any serving opportunity that I was asked mm, about. That's good. And that just helped me to really get plugged in. So I think that's an important thing. Um, also, I think it's important to be open and honest about who you are um, right from the get-go. And this maybe particularly I've noticed over my life um, when starting a new job. Um, I think if you build relationships from a false foundation, mm. then it really becomes more difficult for that friendship to be, or that relationship to be fruitful. Hmm. Um, if you're not honest about who you are right, right from the get go. So yeah. that you're always trying point. to pick up, you know, make yeah. sure everything's staying in the way that you want people to view you right. instead of being real about who you are. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I also think it's important that, um, as a new person, you don't wait for others to bring you in, you know, for you to be the one to reach out and just with the expectation that the Lord will open doors where he can, um, when we moved to our current neighborhood, I was the one who made bread and muffins and took them to awesome. my nearest neighbors because, um, you know, people don't welcome you into a neighborhood with homemade pie anymore. No. <laughs> yeah. So I think, you know, I wanted to make those connections early so that yes. people would realize there was a new family in yeah. that home. Um, what a great idea. What a very practical idea mm-hmm. well, to go and, and just reach out to them. Yeah. I I think our whole culture is off on that. Mm -hmm. We don't do that anymore. You know, welcoming neighbors in the neighborhoods. I think people stay in their houses more. Yeah. So I love that you reached out in that way. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Um, And then I think, too, you know, if you do know the Lord um, and you're in a new place, remember that he knows the intimate details of your new Mm -hmm. situation and he will go before you. Things might not go as you planned or expected, which is often the case. Yes, it is. <laughs> but when you trust in his plan, he will enable you to thrive in that new place. Mm. Um, I think about our move here and my life since over the past 10 years. And I can say 100%, if I had my preference to write the past 10 years of my life, it would look much different. Mm. Um, but the story that God has written has been so fruitful in ways that I wouldn't have expected and probably would not have chosen to include. Yes. So um, be open to his leading would be my advice. And as Romans 8.28 says, he will work all things for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And with that verse, I think, you know, we often use it in terms of if you're having like a terrible trial, but it's also for the things that we might actually be choosing to step into, yes. like a new job or a move. Yep. We can be sure that he will make good of all of that. Amen. I love that verse, too. We've 
many times on this podcast or <laughs> talked about Romans 8.28. I think yeah. it should be our theme verse because it's really good. <laughs> it it's really practical. Okay, let's um, talk about how the people who already are in that circumstance, like are already there and they see people coming into their circle. You know, like we have this little group of women that get together for Bible study and a new woman joins. Or maybe, um, you know, in your, in your cubicle, if you work in a cubicle, there's a new person. And how do we who've already been there respond? And how can we um, help that person assimilate into that situation and still share the love of God? Mm-hmm. Well, I think first impressions are so important for many reasons. Um, but in this case, you know, I don't think you can really overdo it when trying to welcome in a new person. Hmm. Um, That's a good point. I love that. <laughs> Um, I have found that in several cases with uh, women that I've met at church, you know, I, I might not end up being super close with them, but I've kind of tried to roll out the red carpet treatment for welcoming them, um, just welcoming them in a big way. And that helps them feel loved and more open to others who then mm. they might click with more um, and become closer with. So I would say go big and welcoming in a new person, but don't assume that you're going to end up being best friends and that's okay. Yeah. Um, you know, you might be just one tool that God uses in her life. Um, maybe just a small seed or maybe a powerful fertilizer yeah. for later so, on. So what are some practical things you could do mm-hmm. to welcome somebody in? Sure. Um, I think it's really helpful um, to consider that new person a friend already. That helps you to just be you and um, to actually take a sincere interest in Mm. her. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, and I also think, um, you know, this is where hospitality can really come in, not just in your home, uh, while it, of course, it's good to invite a newer person into your home, but also to show them around the area if they're from out of town or, um, you know, talk to them about um, things that you enjoy. in the area or help them feel comfortable Mm -hmm. in that new place, what, you know, whatever that might be. Um, and then I also think it's helpful to ask questions. Um, you know, this shows that you truly want to get to know them and helps them, um, open up about where they've been and sure. And some of their expectations. Yeah. Because if it's a person who's moving into your city for the first time, they may have a lot of questions just about what's going on in the area. Like right. they might go, you know, I just need to know where, what's the best library to take right. my kids to, yeah. or where do you shop? I mean, those mm-hmm. are basic questions, but that can turn into much more um, that can happen as you reach out and both ask them questions and be able to start communication that way. That's great. Yeah. I remember one time a woman that moved in um, to the city, this was not you, by the way, but moved in and I was going to go to a routine um, trip to the library with my kids. Mm -hmm. Um, We have a really cool library system here in Toledo and the downtown library has some really amazing children's section. Mm -hmm. And I said, you want to go with me? And she loaded up her four or five kids and I loaded up my four or five kids at the time and we went to the library together, but it was cheap. Yeah. It was fun, and we could sit there and talk while the kids played yeah. all the things that yeah. were there, and it was a fabulous. I got to really know her. Yeah. It was wonderful. So I think those are really good suggestions. You did load me up, though, and take me to, um, what was it called, Henry Ford? Yeah, Henry Ford, yes, in Dearborn, Michigan. Yes. Yeah, we had a great time. We that did. was fun. We did. That's re- the only time I've ever been. So. Yeah. Well, it was something we love, and I still remember making the phone call because I thought, is this woman going to think I'm crazy? I'm asking her to go with, you know, along with me, and you didn't have kids at the time. Mm-hmm. 
and we're going to drive all the way in an hour in my big gigantic van with all my kids. But yeah, it was, it was really fun. Was we had great. a great day. And you really impacted my kids because you built relationships with them as you came in. And I think that it, I benefited. I was blessed by your, your being a part of my life, even though you're brand new. You know, you blessed our family. So I think it comes both ways, which is good. For sure. I, I love that you commented, <clears throat> one of your comments was that you wanted to consider them a friend already. I think another way to say this is to be an includer. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't just need to be hanging out with our just our favorite friends at church or you know wherever, but being an includer. And I think that means we say, hey, come join our, sta- our circle as we're standing here and talking and literally physically making room for them. Yeah. Or maybe it's um, planning a get together and making, even though you might send an email out or a text, to a whole bunch of people, making an effort to that person to say, hey, I'd really love for you to come. Mm-hmm. I think that just shows it's one more extra thing, and that actually does show them that you're considering them a friend already. Yeah, and those are sure. so simple to do, but they send a huge message. Yeah. All right, so last thing I wanted to talk about, one more type of person that can be challenging, and this is a person who is going through some type of a crisis like maybe it's a health crisis or they have a wayward child a difficult marriage Um, maybe they're unemployed or their husband's unemployed I mean I could go on and on with a lot of different situations Um, but really I think there's some really good principles when someone is in crisis that we who are not in the crisis can come alongside and help them Mm -hmm. so let's talk about what the Bible says about crisis situations and how you and I can come alongside of people who are in these circumstances. Um, well, I love the verse from Proverbs that says, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. God really does intend for us to care for one another. Um, you know, He's given us to each other for the most difficult of situations to bear one another's burdens. Mm. Um, a few years ago, a dear friend of mine was dealing with a crisis situation, and a mutual friend had said something so wise. She said that sometimes all we can do is be like Aaron and her as they literally held up Moses' mm. arms. Um, she was referring here to the battle between Joshua and Amalek. It's recounted in Exodus chapter 17, if you want to go read that. Yeah, we'll put that um, in our show notes so okay. you don't have to scribble it down right now. <laughs> but um, as Joshua fought Amalek, Moses stood on the top of a hill with the staff of God in his hand. As he raised his arms, Joshua was winning. But as he lowered his arms, Amalek prevailed. Mm, yep. And after a while, obviously, Moses became tired. And Aaron and her held up his arms until Joshua won the battle. Um, they came alongside him. And I thought that was just a really good illustration um, about this particular situation that my friend was talking about. Mm. Um, you know, sometimes there's nothing that we can do to help change the circumstance right. that somebody is going through. But we can help to uphold our sister with truth and prayer right in the middle of that crisis. Yeah, that is really a really good example, too, because it reminds us that um, it's okay if we aren't fixing it. Right. We, we, we may not be able to, right. and sometimes our friend just needs us to listen, yeah. or they need to have us come over and sit in their couch with them. Right. You know, like there could be a lot of ways that you do that. I love yeah. that. That's good. When I think if um, if we are thinking, well, I, I know I can't fix this, so then right. there's nothing I do. And then we kind of try to avoid the situation. Yes. Rather than good. just being there and, yeah. and being a support. Yeah, that's right. Um, I'm also reminded of a story in Luke chapter 5 about a paralyzed man whose friends lower him. They literally lower him through the roof of a home where Jesus is. Yeah, it's a crazy story. Um, It is. is. I just want to be the people in the room when he's coming down through the roof, like, what are you doing? (laughs) Um, 
so I mean, you know, he and the friends were so desperate to find mm-hmm. healing for for him because he was paralyzed. And but the crowds were so large that they couldn't get to Jesus other than climbing the roof and lowering yeah. the friend into the house. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, and so you know, that's just a good picture of how we can carry our sisters to the Lord through prayer mm, yes, when they're in a crisis. You're so right. That is such an important thing. And, and also telling our, our sisters in Christ that we are praying for them. Oh yeah, for so sure. So they know that. Yes, that may be, so encouraging. You know, to know that I, I know I've been blessed abundantly when I've been through something difficult and someone out of the blue, which mm-hmm. I know is God's directive to them to do this, right. sends me a text yeah. that I'm praying for you today. It's just a huge blessing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what are some other things that we can do to practically help someone who's in a crisis? Prayer is really good. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yes. That's okay. a good start. Yes, but I think even like super, super practical it yeah. is just help them carry out everyday duties. You know, um, food, whether that's grocery shopping or um, cooking food, carpool duties if they have kids, oh, yeah. um, you know, doctor's appointments. Um, you know, you and I have both been part of that. We're taking people to doctor's yep. appointments when they're in the middle of a health crisis. Um, and I think, you know, the mind can really not think straight at yeah. times when you're in the middle of a crisis. And so anything to help make those like little decisions, yeah. I think is really a good way to help. Um, I think it also helps to give this friend glimpses of normalcy, mm-hmm. you know, um, yes. just do something norm- that you would normally do with her maybe, or talk about, normal things. Don't just always be talking about the crisis, how she's issue. doing yeah. in the middle of the crisis. I agree. Um, reminding them of truth is so important. You know, something super practical is write down scripture and post it up around their house for them or, mm-hmm. um, you know, write it on cards where they can just kind of flip through and read those, um, you know, next to their, their bed or something. Um, and I also think in the middle of, of praying, like we talked about, it's important to ask for how we can specifically be praying mm. um, because that helps them to consider their specific needs. And then as you see God answering those, that's a huge encouragement yes. to them yes. to see very specific things answered. That's great. Those are great um, pieces of advice. Um, I think sometimes a person in crisis doesn't even know what they need. Yeah. So I also think sometimes we actually can help them come up with a list. Like mm-hmm. they might need like a point person to step in, to come up with a list of some of the specific things that they aren't even thinking about. You know, maybe they need someone to come clean their bathrooms once a week because they are dealing with a cancer diagnosis. Or maybe they need somebody to pick up their kids at the carpool every other day or whatever. You know, some of those things you don't even realize would actually lessen the burden that they're going through. And it's something we could do easily. Okay, so now, Andrea, um, I know that you have been in a crisis situation in your life. Would you please tell us a little bit about that and how the people around you loved you and cared for you during that time? Sure. Um, Well, in 2010, so it's been 10 years now, um, I became pregnant with our first baby. Um, And for some reason, I can't remember, but I had an early ultrasound for some reason. I don't really remember why now. But God's providence, Mm. obviously, for that. Um, I went in for the early ultrasound. And... um, it showed an abnormal growth hmm. on the back of the baby's neck, which is called a cystic hygroma, um, which is basically a fluid-filled sac. Hmm. Um, and the ultrasound tech called my doctor in right away when she saw it. And so right from the beginning, the Lord provided, because hmm. you see my doctor is a Christian. That's awesome. And so when she saw the issue, she immediately prayed. 
Um, so I was immediately covered and brought to the Lord by a sister. Um, mm. So, I mean, long story short, this you know could go on and on, but um, this um, issue with the hygroma sometimes gets resolved and results in a healthy delivery and um, a healthy baby. Um, but the health of our baby continued to decline with each ultrasound. Um, and she died in my womb at 24 weeks gestation. Mm. Wow. Um, and I, I bet there are some listeners right now who have been in this situation. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, in fact, my sister actually told me about a, somebody that she knows and I'm so sure it was difficult thing. Uh, based on the situation. I'm sure it was the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's more common than people probably think. Mm-hmm. Um, but I saw the Lord provide in so many ways throughout this. Um, you know, I already mentioned my doctor um, being a Christian, and as word spread about it um, among friends at church, women offered prayer and words of encouragement and words of hope. Um, mm-hmm. This was definitely the biggest trial that I had ever faced. and So this would have been, at that point, one you wouldn't have written into your story. <laughs> right, yeah. This would not have been in your story. Right. But God put it there. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, nobody wants to deal with this. <laughs> write this right. in their story. Um, but God can use anything to, yes. um, to refine us and, and show us uh, his love in mm-hmm. such specific ways. Um, and so I remember thinking that I was thankful um, to be surrounded by people who were more seasoned, aka you know older, <laughs> but also more mature in their faith too. Um, but older too, who, who had experienced hard trials, you know, and, and to hear their perspective and their wisdom on how to trust God during a time like this. Mm. Um, and it was God's goodness to place me in your home. Yeah, that was a good In year. a small group um, of strong, faithful friends. And um, that was an important piece to just uphold me through that time, you know, weekly yep. praying being for me together. and being together. Um, and so once my baby had died, women rallied to provide very tangible gifts of love. Um, one woman provided a beautiful burial gown mm. that she sewed by hand um your mom sewed two matching mm-hmm. blankets one um one for me to keep and one to be buried uh with her and um you guys the small group sent a basket of food to the hospital um, i got so many notes so many um meals were provided afterward um you hosted a small funeral service in your home which was very special with our small group and Another dear friend um, hosted a, a meal for friends and family um, to attend who came in from out of town to be with us. Um, even my coworkers, like I got gift cards, meals, flowers, yeah. just God provided things that I didn't know I needed, yeah. which, um, you know, I think is often the case. Just very tangible gifts of love from his people. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the Bible says that God is near to the brokenhearted. He is such a personal God, and He knows exactly what we need. Mm-hmm. And I Amen. saw Him provide in that Amen. way. Amen. Yes. Wow. My heart is still heavy to hear about this trial and for you to go back through all of it. But then it also is really encouraged to hear you point to God's sovereignty, even in this really difficult situation. I mean, I know I mentioned it earlier, but I'm sure some of our listeners right now have some really huge trials. I mean, they may not be the death of their child, but it could be a job loss, a financial crisis, 
some kind of a health challenge. Maybe they've come through COVID and they're struggling with depression. I mean, we, there are a lot of things that it could be. And I mean, we have been through so much in 2020 that we probably all can relate to some degree mm-hmm. um, of this. It reminds me of the years that we did group together, um, small group together. Um, these were hard in our small group. There were so many reasons why. I mean, <laughs> you were one piece of this puzzle, but we had a woman, a family, we had one family who had some mental issues with their child mm-hmm. that was really challenging and they didn't, that was just brought a ton of unknowns. And one of them had major surgery. Uh, one family struggled through job loss. One member got a cancer diagnosis and had to do all the chemo with it. And then my dad died in the middle of all this. It was a really hard time, but I will tell you that I fondly remember those couple of years because they were a time when we were in relationship together and we support each other and we were praying for each other and we were doing what Aaron and her did. We were holding each other up, even though we were going through trials, you know, like that was, it was just a really, it's a really special time to re to think back to during that. I love how you brought out Romans 8, 28, because that's the same thing Mm -hmm. that we can remember that all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. I also love um, Lamentations 3, 22 and 23 that says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I think one thing that I heard through all of what you shared, Andrea, especially in the last little bit of our episode, is that God is faithful mm-hmm. and he is always there with us. I, I think it's really cool that you directed women to keep going you know, like keep participating in things. I even remember the day after the funeral, you came over to my house and we made gingerbread houses with my girls. It was really messy, but we had a lot of fun. And I I think that that's something that if you're in a trial to keep participating and not isolate yourself, isolation ends up causing us to feel, um, to be overloaded with wrong thoughts often. Mm -hmm. And then we feel like nobody cares, but you do have to be there. You know, you, you know, you have to go and participate a little bit um, and, and let people know what you can do and what you can't do. I mean, it was really a blessing to have you come over the day after. You taught my girls, um, and I had my boys there too. Josh was really little, so he didn't count. But you taught my kids how we can move on after a difficult thing just by coming and being there. So that's really good. Okay, so, you know, I really appreciate you being on today. It's been fabulous to talk with you. Um, I think you've just given us some really good food for thought about how to deal with these different types of challenging people. And just a reminder, like laying down your preferences, being humble. That was one of them. Praying for the person that you're dealing with or for yourself that you would have the right attitude, right? Speaking when you can, but load it with kindness and and wisdom. I love 1 Corinthians 13. I learned it a long time ago, like in vacation Bible school, and I learned it in NIV. So I'm going to read it for you in NIV. I'm going to say it in NIV um, because I cannot relearn it in a new version. I don't know if you can, but I cannot. Um, It says, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered, and it keeps no records of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Um, I I think there's a couple things that make me think of difficult people with this passage. And one of the things that I thought of is it says, love does not keep a record of wrongs. Mm -hmm. And um, if you know me and you know I'm a list maker, I love to make lists. I have lists for my lists because I love to do lists. 
I write out everything on paper, but this is one God clearly says, do not keep a record of wrongs. And that's really applicable when we're dealing with these challenging types of people. Um, And then I also think if we just stop after the first three words in that verse, it says love is patient. We could just apply that today. I mean, wherever you are, you probably have somebody challenging in your life and uh, being patient with them is a really big way to show them that you love them. I think those are really good things. I mean, all of what we've shared today, all of our verses that you've shared, Andrea, are great. And if you're going to memorize something, memorize one of these and and keep it, you know, pack it into your brain so that when you have to deal with one of these kind of people, you are ready. Okay, let's end with something fun. Okay, I love fun stuff. Uh, What is your favorite thing that you love to do with friends? Well, it's nothing flashy. Okay, bummer. No, honestly, my favorite thing to do with a friend is talk. Oh. So I guess record a podcast. Yeah, there you go. That's fun. Uh, no, really. I mean, maybe it means I'm old or something, but um, uninterrupted time to just sit yeah. or walk or drive, preferably with some coffee. Yep. yep. Um, to just sit and talk with a friend is is my favorite thing to do. Um, in fact, this past year with so many you know distancing protocols sure. in place and all that, um, I've actually been more intentional to meet up with friends in this way. Um, and I've had garage and front yard coffee dates. I love it. So there's, uh, once it warms up again, there's an idea for you. Um, yes. Well, and you had to be intentional because we've had a really yeah. weird, 2020 was a very weird year. Yep. I mean, we don't even know what the future looks like because of all the weird things happening in our world. So I love that you said intentional yeah. and we do have to be intentional in our relationships. That's great. For sure. Yeah. Although you didn't invite me over for a garage coffee. <laughs> now I'm wondering about I, this. Nobody came to my garage. Oh, <laughs> I have to invite you over. It's too messy. <laughs> okay. All right. My front yard is always clean though. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Well, that's all right. We'll work it out uh, as it gets a little warmer. So, all right, Andrea, would you pray for us today? Sure. Father, I thank you for um, your word that um, tells us exactly how we are to um, treat others in a relationship, Lord. I thank you for your great example um, Mm. of how to be selfless and humble within relationships. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to um, be loving Mm. to those in our life who are hard to love, Um, for those that are um, bring more difficulty. to our lives, Lord, I pray that you would help us to love them and to see you in them and help us to respond in a way that honors you, Lord. I pray um, that you'd continue to bless this podcast. I thank you for the work that Julie has put into it, Lord, and I pray that you would bless those who listen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, Andrea, thank you so much for joining us today. I really, oh, thank really you, appreciate it. Thanks for asking me to be on. Yeah. I mean, we could probably chit-chat for two hours yeah, beyond I mean, this. You're welcome to stay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, and uh, listeners, listen next week as we jump into a pre-recorded talk about how you and I can relate to our coworkers. Probably something that you're dealing with. Although, maybe in 2020, we're working yeah. from home, so it might be your family. But this is actually about coworkers <laughs> in the real world. And it, it's got some good suggestions, um, great ideas. You won't want to miss it. Even if you are not in the working world right now, um, it's, it's really got some good stuff in it of how we can deal with people that we run into. Um, I think I could count the um, coffee lady that I go see frequently as my coworker now because I'm out. It's the only time I see people. Um, okay. 
And remember, when everything around you is shaken, you can stand unshaken because of our rock and our fortress, because of God. Until next time. Thank you.